Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Zach. And we are Fiery, Fiery Friends. Friends. This is episode 61. 61. We are here. We are almost, I mean, we're almost at 100. That's like 61's close to 100, you know? Way closer than 50 is. Yeah, it's so much closer. So we're coming, we're coming close. And we're here with you all to talk some Bible today, Dan. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling glorious. The past few days have been very nice. It was like really hot for a while, and then I got just like really perfectly warm, like 73 mm-hmm. down to like 60s. Yeah. That's my favorite temperature. It's a super good temperature, yeah. Like, I mean, I like pretty much anything in the hot zone, but there's like that comfortable hot, like that warm, and it's in, it's in the warm situation right now. Like, yeah, it's comfy. I've been, I went longboarding during lunch. Today? Not today, but okay. every other chance I had. <laughs> on on Mondays and Thursdays, I spend my lunch with the Lord. Yeah. But like last week, all of the lunches and random free periods, I just went longboarding. Oh, and it was so, so nice. Yeah. It was just so freeing to cruise around. And I feel like uh, it's like I'm riding a motorcycle without having a motorcycle. Yeah, that's the closest you can get. And you don't even have to get a license. You just do it. I know, you just hop on and go. Yeah, you just have to have balance, which is why I probably don't do it. Because yeah. I don't know if I'd have the balance. If you part. have balance, go for it. If not, you know, hold back. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's so nice outside. Mm-hmm. It's weird how a lot of people's mood is dependent upon the weather. Yeah, no, that's true. It really does affect you. Like, I think last week like felt like a really Kairos week with me and the Lord. Like, it felt like there were so many moments last week that felt like they were setting up an entire new season of life and just like being and most of them were just like spent in creation like on my birthday we went to glacier comb for the sunset and a different day i went there with izzy and our mormon friends and we like played some ukulele and we sang revelation song up there which that's like like my song for the last week like i played it in nature they played it at the send i've been playing it in my car like, revelation song by carrie Job is just such a good song and so yes that's when ellie showed up during the carrie Job set yeah it's literally such dude the last hour and a half yeah that was the other thing i was at the send in kansas this weekend and it was absolutely insane especially the last hour and a half like they just brought out carrie job and started doing like every single fire song like back to back to back for like that last hour and a half and it was insane like there was tears there was healings like all kinds of stuff was happening in the stadium it was it was a pretty good time and like i got to be reunited with so many people that i met at ywam just seeing them again in Kansas and then I also got to go to my church that I served out a summer with Apex in Kansas and so it was just like one of the best road trip weekends and I also drove there with some random guy named Nick that I barely knew anything about him but then you know when you drive with someone for eight hours you learn a little bit about each other so it was really fun we got to connect in life it was really chill Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I was I was really excited to know about how that went. And it's 16 hours, because it's both ways. Yeah, well, the second way back, we brought Anna Weimer, too. But we talked with her a little bit, too. But there's something else when it's just, like, you and a boy. It's true. The boys bonding in the car. That's how it all started back the in episode one. Bonding we now. drove to Canada. Good times. It's true. That's where it all began. That's where it all started. And now look at us. Look at us here, years later, talking about what used to be my least favorite book of the Bible. And it might still be, but it might not be. And we're going to talk about it today. It's Obadiah. 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 Yeah. And so, like, I'll be honest. Like, I was not super duper excited about going into this today because I was like, in my past, because we always talk about our past experiences with every book. And Obadiah in the past for me was just kind of like a book that I was just like, it's a downer book. It's just the Debbie Downer. They just, 
you know, they're just talking about the judgment and all that stuff. But then, like, reading it today, I just kind of, like, I, I was able to, like, understand the context better. And I think, like, something about Obadiah is it's, it's definitely not a book you want to show a fresh Christian, like, right on their conversion. Because it's a book that requires so much context and understanding about God's character to really appreciate it, I think. And I think, like, as I've grown over the years through, like, all the different Jesus programs and things I've done, like reading Obadiah this time like I was able to like look at it with new eyes and like Mm. and I and even though like it's obviously it's still not my favorite book like I think I got some cool stuff out of it to talk about today but Dan what's your past experience with Obadiah well my past Obadiah experience yes tell me about it well the the theme cover for the book of Obadiah in this book is beautiful yes it's got a bunch of different stars and moons and all of these different like hawks And when I looked through this Bible the first time, I thought that Obadiah was one of the coolest, like, cover books (laughs) type things. Like, they do this for all the different books, but this one just looks really awesome. Yes. And it's weird because I don't quite understand how it exactly relates to the book. (laughs) I think there's, like, one verse about the stars somewhere. Yeah, I think they just picked that one verse and went with it. Yeah. (laughs) And they also have one verse out of the whole thing that is like in the side margin where they usually put all the important verses yeah and uh that one's pretty cool but yeah before i just i hear obadiah and i always think that's one of those books that's small that i don't remember reading but i know i've read and i don't know anything about hey well here we are here we are and i got to read it today and i I prayed through it with the lord because i read it during my lunch oh nice (laughs) and it was my like meditated prayer for the day Meditative prayer at lunch. Yeah, it was cool. I was praying over me and then over Ellie and I and our future marriage together as I read through it. Mm-hmm. And I was just taking, I don't know, just taking these different places where he was talking to Obadiah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take this and like apply it to my life and, you know, pray it out and live it out. And then the last half of it was really, uh, it didn't feel very applicable to that. So. <laughs> oh, it didn't feel that applicable? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is it, it's a very like historically contextual book where you have to like, really draw connections to other parts of scripture to really understand fully what's happening but it's 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 got it's got it's got it's stuff that you can find if you really dig deep and that's what we're here to do on scripture summary so yeah so i guess just to give you guys the author guess who wrote obadiah dan is it jesus (laughs) i mean i kind of (laughs) he is the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and so like it's kind of, but... If I had a second guess, it would be Obadiah. Look at you go. Wow. You nailed both of the possibly correct answers. Yes. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah, Obadiah. And then this one says, it, they don't know when it was written in my Bible. It says, probably after 586 BC. So probably after that. Yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> so, yeah. So like I said, my previous experience with this book was just like really not super positive because like it is a book that's very very much about judgment but like it was cool because when i was watching like the bible project video about obadiah they were talking a lot about how and even like in my bible it talks about how obadiah is specifically this book is a lot about edom being judged and being condemned for their pride Hmm. and the reason that's significant is because edom and israel like came from um from Jacob and Esau in the Old Testament. And yeah. so it's really a book that's all about just like this family division and like the way that God's heart breaks for families being divided and it breaks for 
just um just for when like a family member like turns on another family member like that just absolutely breaks god's heart and all the condemnation verses here that are like kind of speaking about edom being punished and things like that like you know without understanding the context it just feels like god's like just spewing a bunch of like you're gonna die you're gonna die because you were dumb (laughs) but like but that it really is more of a story of it's more about his love for Israel and his love for family than it is about like oh like I just want to kill you all because you all were dumb like you know and like, yeah. once you understand that about God's character it really is like a cool way to see how he has this heart for family which is really cool um, and then the other thing that the Bible Project talked about is they talked about how the first half of the book is very specifically about Edom and their judgment but then the second half of the book talks a little bit more about how the nations um are also going to face judgment like not just edom but like all nations are going to face judgment if they struggle with what edom did and and like you know the main things that he condemns in edom is like the pride and then also just the the fact of turning against family and like reading this book like it really just like read as a reminder of just the importance of not being prideful like just remembering Mm. who god is and then also just remembering to value family so those are like that's like an overview of the book i wrote a few specific things on specific verses so all of you people at home obadiah is the shortest book in the old testament it's only 21 verses (laughs) so we don't have a lot to go through here um but i did write a few verses that were significant to me um i'll just share the bible project breakdown is verses 1 to 14 are accusations against edom Verse 15 is kind of like the transition verse where it says the day of the Lord is coming against all nations. So not just against Edom, against anyone who's, you know, living in pride or living against Israel. And then 16 to 21 says the day of the Lord will come for all nations. Every single one. All of them. So that's the Bible Project breakdown. And then there's verses. But Dan, is there anything that stood out? You were reading it today. Like anything, like was there a verse? Was there a theme? What were you? What were you really stirred by in this book of Obadiah? This book of just God being really mad that this family was broken, and him just like wanting it to come back together. Well, you see, I didn't quite understand Obadiah at all. Yeah. <laughs> until I watched the Bible Project. The Bible video. Project really helps. It, it really opened shout it up out to me. those guys. It helped me too. And you explaining it right now also helped a lot. Yeah. But the thing that stood out to me the most is that they brought up Jacob and Esau yeah. and how they had that contempt with each other yeah. and the fight and that. And then it came down to Odom, Edom and Israel mm-hmm. and they were the continuation of those two like backstabbing each other and fighting right. and being on bad terms. Mm-hmm. So that was just like, that blew my mind. I was like, oh, I, I know the Jacob and Esau story. Yeah. I read that all the time when they talk about it in church and kids' church all the time. Mm-hmm. But then I read through this and I was like, oh, it's, it's Edom and Israel in it, in like an expanded version, which makes me really sad because it was like two dudes who were family. Jacob and Esau were family and they could have just been civil about things and discussed stuff and negotiated yeah. all the things, but there was just going to be some trickery happening uh-huh. and some favoritism with mom and dad. Right, all kinds of stuff. Taking different sides. So yeah, it was just super interesting with that beginning over in Genesis 
where they pick sides. I love Genesis. And there's deception and all these things. Genesis is super good. Yeah. There's so many stories in there. Mm-hmm. But then here you got Edom and Israel, and it's like, ah, I feel like there could be the same seeds of deception yeah. and just like not being good together. And I don't like it when people are divisive and fight. Mm-hmm. I just really love the unity. I love all of the books about the coming together of the church. Yeah. And like Christ is the body and not being jealous of each other. Right. And this book is all about, uh, it's the one chapter, the 21 verses. Yeah. All talking about Edom not being a very good family mate with Israel, basically. Yeah. So yeah, it's just... The theme is super interesting, but also super sad, and I'm glad I understand it. Yeah. It, it actually like kind of like... Just thinking about it, I feel like Edom here and like all the things they're being judged for, like... It kind of, like, makes me think back to, like, when we did the Job episode, and you have, like, all those chapters of Job's friends just being dumb and, like, being horrible friends, and it's, like, a good example to, like, look to them and be like, this is how to not be a friend. Like, this is, like, Edom is basically, like, this is how to not treat your family, like, the way that they treated his family. So so you can kind of look at it that way as, like, an example of, like, something that we can turn from and we can be better than. Um... And yeah, like, uh, so a few of the things I thought were really interesting was verse 3, which is the one that your Bible so clearly put on the side margin. It's a great. Yes. But I think I think verse 3 is a really, really, like, it just kind of summarizes the whole idea of how Edom let their pride get the best of them. Like, in my Bible, it says, you've been deceived by your own pride because you live in a rock fortress and you make your home high up in the mountains. Who can ever watch us up here? You ask boastfully. Um... But then it says, but even as you... Okay, oh, this is this is the eagle verse. This is probably why they drew eagles in your Bible. But it says, but even if you soar uh, as high as eagles and build your nest among the stars, I will bring you crashing down, says the Lord. Well, that fits very nicely. Exactly. I totally read through that. <laughs> yep. So that that's exactly why there's eagles and stars in Dan's Bible. And that is because God's going to crash you down if you go and try to climb above them. Yeah, don't go as high as the eagles or the stars because that's not where you belong. You belong you belong with the Lord. You don't belong above the Lord. It's, it's like the Tower of Babel when yeah. everyone came together and like, we can climb our way to heaven with a tower. Actually, no, you can't. And the Lord said, that's a horrible idea. Start talking not, Spanish. Yeah, he's like, I'm not even going to let you try to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make us you can't communicate and yeah. you have no chance. <laughs> exactly. And they all spoke different languages. Genesis is going to be an epic episode. Oh my gosh. There's so much there's there. There's so much there. It's so good. But but yeah, I think that um, just this idea of pride is, is something that's super relevant in the church at any given time in history. Just this idea of not allowing ourselves to be above Christ. And actually, like, another thing I thought about when I was reading this stuff about you being deceived by your own pride, um, like, I think, obviously, like, one application is, like, with the religiously, like, pompous or just, like, I'm better, like, the Pharisees, for example, like, in, um, in the New Testament, when Jesus is, like, very not a fan of the Pharisees because they're prideful and they think they know it all. But, like, I was even thinking of it in, like, a modern context of, like, other religions that you could consider a relative quote-unquote of christianity like things like you could consider islam or like mormonism and these things that like they have pieces of the gospel right but they also have like this pride that says like oh like i know what i'm talking about like and i have this idea of god and like 
it's like they let themselves be deceived by that idea and because of that like even like there's like the radical islam people that like they literally like try to kill christians because and even though like we came from like the same root of abraham and stuff like that yeah. like some evils have come out of that and it's just like really sad to see but it's kind of interesting to just like see the parallels that might exist like within like these things that had the same root of coming from god but then they became like distorted and there was like this destruction of like the unity in the family so Mm. it's just like and like it breaks your heart along with god when you just like let yourself empathize with his heart and be like broken and sad over how things have come to be so divided but yeah i agree so i was just talking about how i don't love the divisive books and i Mm -hmm. love all the books about unity and like i i love the perspective of seeing it from the lord's point of view yeah and that just breaks my heart because to him like those are his people Mm -hmm. he's like i created you i formed you in your mother's womb yeah we've come together to be not like good friends but to be divisive against each other yeah and i don't know like i'm gonna be a dad someday down the road Mm -hmm. and seeing my kids fight i feel like it'd be really really tough yeah and really sad and i don't want to see that Right. So as the Lord, who's the ruler of all, seeing like specifically his people and Edom being in confrontation with each other and not being super nice about it, that's mm-hmm. not cool. Yeah. I feel like it'd be righteously angry and upset, but he has patience and lets them work it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool how he works it out. He works all things together for good as best as he can he just has to work around a lot of brokenness and human weakness and sometimes people like blame god for like bringing justice but like he has to because like he is he's merciful and he's gracious but he also is just and so Mm. in a situation like this where edom has betrayed israel like he has to tear them down but like even like we talked about back in daniel with nebuchadnezzar and like how nebuchadnezzar was like trying to get you know, he had so much pride, too. He was, like, this guy who was, like, you know, everybody bow down and worship me because I'm Nebby. But, like, but the thing is, like, he was brought down to nothing to be brought back up by the Lord and to become, like, um, to become humbled. And not then he, like, started to declare God's goodness. And so even Whoa. when God, like, brings down a nation like Edom or, like, even in the end of the book where it talks more about him destroying all nations who have pride like he's always doing it with this heart of i'm gonna bring you into the right perspective so that you know 17 and 21 are my favorite verses because they're pretty much the only two verses in the whole book that are hopeful but in 17 it says but jerusalem will become a refuge for those who escape it will be a holy place and the people of israel will come back to reclaim their inheritance and then 21 says those who have been rescued will go up to mount zion in jerusalem to rule over the mountains of edom and the lord himself will be king and these verses just like bring like bring that glimmer of hope into the story that you know is very hard to see in a book that's so judgment focused and so heavy on the consequences and the importance of justice and like the way that this division of family has brought brokenness god still says that there will be that um that remnant and that remnant that takes refuge in him 
is going to be rescued and is going to have that new hope found. And, and that's just like a beautiful thing. And Mount Zion is just like such a cool picture. Just, I just, I like when I was at the Sun this weekend, like just seeing like everybody worshiping, like in this giant stadium, it kind of just like gave me that picture of just like a whole group of people who love Jesus, just being all in one place, like jumping up and down, singing worship songs. Like there was people dancing with flags and stuff. And like, it was just so cool because, like, all these people in this conference, like, they probably all came from, like, different backgrounds of brokenness and things where they've, like, been through so much. But but that we can all just, like, come together in awe of the glory and wonder and majesty of God. And and that's what the story ends with. It ends with, like, a reunited family. But there is, like, that, um, there is that part where, you know, part of the story is the brokenness. And, and Obadiah is just a part of the story that focuses a lot on that and it's a really good thing and it's an important thing to understand in Mm. our walk with the lord because you know a lot of churches i mean have you ever heard a sermon out of obadiah i feel like nobody's preaching out of obadiah no no one's open obadiah (laughs) yeah verse three exactly it's not it's not anybody's go-to like i'm gonna preach a sermon on this but it is like an important contextual piece to understand god's heart for family and to understand that that there is a rescuing and a restoring that will come to this family that's been broken. So it's really cool. Dan, you got anything else? Again, I, I love the way that you pick at stuff, and then I just want to go. I just want to go with it in a bunch of areas. Yes, tell me all the areas. Cause it's just like you're talking about how Edom is is coming, and then the Lord is really all about like them, them needing to be humbled because they're prideful. And then he humbles them for, he's like, I'm going to humble you for you. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then 17 and 21 being like the upswing. Like whenever we're praying for people, it's like they're in a rough spot. And we always pray that the Lord would either turn them around or push them so far down that they hit the rock bottom and have to turn around and bounce back up. Yeah. So I feel like that's the heart of Obadiah. Like Edom's in a rough spot and they're really prideful. And when you're prideful, it's hard to see that you're in the wrong mm-hmm. and doing things in, in a bad way. Definitely. And then you need to get pushed to a place of the breaking point where you can turn around, look at yourself, and come back up, humble, mm-hmm. and be better off because of it. Yeah. So I think the book is beautiful in the way that it just displays that, where it's like, hey, this isn't going well for you. You need to you need to humble yourself. You need to the, get humble. Like the haughty will have a big fall. So they're going to have a big fall, and the Lord's like talking about it, like, this is going to be a big fall. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. It's like, you need to humble yourself. You are prideful people. This is not good for you. I I love that he he spices in a little bit of encouragement towards the end of it, mm-hmm. like any good letter, any good note. Yeah. Where you do the sandwich style, where you start off with, "Hey, how's it going? I think you're pretty cool." Right. And then you give them the correction, like, "Hey, you've been doing poor in this area, but uh, you could do even better, you know." Yeah. And you finish off with, "It's it's been really great, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon." Exactly. So the the sandwich message, you kind of like ease them into the information and then ease them out. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the Lord is very, very good at that in this scripture right here in Obadiah. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, in 21, like, I really love that it ends with saying not only will, like, people be rescued and restored to Jerusalem, but also that we are made to rule, too. I think that's another thing that, like, people forget about creation is, like, we were all made, like, in God's image. And he made Adam to, like, rule the creation. And so... Like, and it talks about how Jerusalem will rule over Edom. So, like, this broken part of the family of Edom, like, the people who have been restored to the family are going to rule over the land that was once broken. 
and they're going to rule as sons and daughters of the Lord, which it says here is going to be king. And so, like, we're going to have the Lord as king, and then we are, like, the princes and princesses of the king, like, ruling over this land that was once broken, like, in a new unified, um, a new unified togetherness. And I just, I love that picture of how, you know, like, this, this scripture really comes together at the end with this focus on, like, joint ruling with the Lord. Because that was, like, a big thing I was teaching me in my time at YWAM. Like, it was a lot about this idea of being a prince to the king. Like we are made to not only be adopted into the family, um, mm-hmm. but also to have a responsibility and an authority. And I think that end of this book, it really, it, it gives an, um, an acknowledgement of the importance of the authority that God's given to us. Because in, um, in verse 11, something that mm-hmm. really stood out to me is it says, when... It, this is talking about Edom. It says when and how when Israel was invaded, it says you stood aloof, refusing to help them. Um, and I think another thing that was really cool about the send this weekend is they were talking a lot about the war on inaction and how one of the biggest problems in the body of Christ is just people being inactive. Like they're mm. not walking in their identity as sons and daughters. They're not following through with what God's called them to do. And you know, everyone can be saved, everyone can be welcomed into the family, but there is like the extra responsibility of like ruling and that extra responsibility of like stepping in when you see someone being attacked because, you know, when Edom saw Israel being attacked, they just let them get attacked and they didn't step in. And I think of like the story of the Good Samaritan in the New Testament where, you know, Jesus is telling this parable of like all these people who are so prideful, but they're, they're so prideful that they don't even help somebody who's in need and dying. And the guy that helps is somebody who wasn't even part of his family. And so this book really just shows how the body of Christ has that brokenness where um, where people are just standing aside and doing nothing. But like at the end, it shows that like the perfect picture of everyone worshiping the Lord and ruling in unity and being under God as the king is like where we are ruling like we do have that responsibility and so we get to come under god as king and we get to take action and we get to be there for our family when they're struggling or when they're suffering or when they're Mm. going through something and we get to do what edom didn't do and we instead of standing aside and watching injustice happen like we get to step in with the lord to wow to make a change and to come against it and so that's really that was one of my favorite verses too. I really just love verse 11 because it, it just, it brings to light how how dangerous just standing aside and refusing to, like, refusing to play your part can really, um, can break a nation. It can break a family when you do nothing. Like, sometimes, like, sometimes you think, like, oh, I didn't do anything offensive, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, whatever. But, like, doing nothing can be just as bad as doing an active sin. And so... This book was really just a reminder of me to that. Like, I mean, Edom did a lot of active sins to Israel too, but it's like, true. it starts here by saying, when you were invaded, the first thing you did is you stood aloof and you refused to help. You just minded your own business. You kept focused on your own life, and that's what a lot of people will do. They'll like just be selfish. They'll be focused on this is what's right in front of me, and like, why should I help anybody else? Because my life's going fine, you know. And you know, I've even fallen into that at certain times. Everyone does, but. It's those moments where we look outside of ourselves and we look both above and um, around us and we can see like the beauty of God and it's like the beauty of God that like inspires us 
to be the change and to get active in the lives of those around us and to really love on them the way that Jesus would. So that's what it's all about, man. It's so good. I totally agree because you have the whole nation of Edom and then you were talking about how uh, they are working with the Lord and coming together. Mm -hmm. I had this vision as you were talking about like a so there was like a pyramid mm-hmm. and I think it represented the nation of Edom okay. and it was just sitting there like in the sand yeah. and then it wasn't it wasn't doing the most good because it was kind of small and it was just kind of there not doing yeah. too much so then like this huge pyramid came up from under it underneath it and then lifted it up to be way high Whoa. but the thing was like it was just it, it ended up being just like a little cap uh-huh. just like this tiny little pyramid shaped cap that fit over the top of the big pyramid whoa so then like they were joined together and everything that that pyramid had was was underneath it yeah and you couldn't see that it was there before and then it like came above the surface kind of like an uh-huh. iceberg how 10 percent is above and 90 percent is below the water and you don't even see it's there yeah it's like the lord is with them you just can't see it and then when they partner with the lord it came up from out of the ground and you could see and it's just cool yeah. how like the lord lifts you up into a different place and it was just like the perfect partnership because he just like fit fit that gap and it's like oh we're here oh we're going up okay yeah so just the Lord is lifting them but they didn't have to, they didn't have to change it all because they were still mm-hmm. a pyramid right it started as a pyramid it's still a pyramid it's the same thing but it's just directed towards the Lord and it's with lots of meaning and purpose behind it yeah so that was just that was really cool I was like wow that's really interesting I'm I'm about that. So working with the Lord through your transition, when you feel like you need to hit hit something that you have to change because you're going in the wrong direction, like that humbles you when you right. realize that like you're like, I'm prideful, I'm a huge pyramid all by myself. It's like, no, you're just a little dinky pyramid. The Lord is the real pyramid and he's going to come up under you and lift you up and right. then you will be the full pyramid Yeah, through the Lord. Without yeah. him, no, but with him, yes. Yeah, yeah getting that perspective is huge to just know that he's the one that lifts us up, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of lifting ourselves up. And then you get up there, and then you're like, I'm high on my blah, blah, blah. And then you look down, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's not me. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you have to get tripped up. like. But you, when you get that perspective, it changes everything. And and you can give him the glory. It's so good. Hmm. Amen. Exactly. So good. Cool. Well, do you have anything else on Obadiah, or...? I mean, it's one chapter, so we don't have a whole lot more to cover, I don't feel like. But anything that we missed that's pressing you, Dan? Verse 18 is just exciting to me. Yeah? The house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau stubble. (laughs) They shall burn them and consume them, and there shall be no survivor for the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. That third line is just poetic and beautiful. I don't exactly know what it means, but it really sticks out to me in this translation, just the house of Esau, stubble. When I read it earlier today, that just stuck out. Yeah. Because I was like, when you have a big old beard and you <laughs> shave it down, uh, what you're left with is stubble before you come in with like something different to pick it up and clean off that last part Yeah. for a clean shave. So it's like, the house of Jacob is a fire and the house of Joseph a flame. But the house of Esau needs to get, like, chopped down. Yeah. Like, all of the extraneous things that don't belong to them. Like, like a beard is just nice and extra. Yeah. It's just, like, it's like making your body pretty in a different way, and it doesn't yeah. have a super huge purpose all the uh-huh. time. But when you chop it off, then you have the stubble remaining. And it's just, 
it feels really cool that the Lord is like, here, I'm going to come in and like leave only what is necessary for you to survive. Yeah. So like your body's necessity, like clothes would be like a nice want, a beard would be like a nice want, but it comes like it's, it's chopped off. Yeah. And it's just a remembrance that it was there before. The stubble is like, oh yeah, I had a beard because you can feel the stubble. Right. But it's, it's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So the Lord can come in and break off all of the pride and you can remember all of the things that you had and what, what it was like, but without mm-hmm. all of the... The, the haughtiness and the feelings of it. Yeah. You can be more humble and more kind to consider it when the Lord comes in and like breaks you down. Mm-hmm. Or like when I remember Pastor Todd meant, had this message one time where he's like, you are a piece of marble. Ooh. And the Lord comes in and he's got a hammer and a chisel and he's like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like breaking things off and it hurts when the stuff breaks off. But then underneath there's a beautiful masterpiece just waiting to be carved out of it. Yeah. So like the Lord is like taking Edom and carving them out and making them into something that they couldn't be on their own. Right. That's cool. That's my final final interesting take on Obadiah. For that. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah, this idea that it's interesting because like at the end, something that I do find interesting is just like how specifically about Israel a lot of the a lot of the hope oriented stuff is here at the end. But then it's also for nations, too. So it's, like, it is, like, a lot to grasp and, like, understand the fullness of it all. But, yeah, I think it's, I like that, that, that idea, though. The idea of just how we, like, can be, like, kind of, like, stubble, like you said. Like, where, like, it's a reminder of what was there. But then you get back to, like, the foundations and, like. Hmm. you know like sometimes you have to like lose your beard to start growing it again you know yeah and 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 then it can grow even faster if you get cut down like exactly and so like sometimes in life god will take away everything but then it'll grow faster kind of like in job when he takes away all of job's stuff and then it grows faster and double in the second like Mm -hmm. the second season or like in like in daniel with nebuchadnezzar like i was talking about like he has that tree vision where he gets like goes into the wilderness and he's like the tree cut down but then he ends up being built up again and just like i feel like this is just like a theme we've seen in like almost all the books we've gone through so far just this idea of how god he has this tendency to cut people down to give them perspective and to help them see like where they came from and then when you know where you came from then you can be so much more grateful for where god's taken you so it's really cool and yeah man i'm excited to to see where God will take us. Hopefully we won't get torn too down along the way, but if we do, we can always know he's going to build us back up again. Like I wrote this one worship song called uh, Bounce Back, and it's all about Uh how, like sometimes every time we fall, like we're like bouncy balls. Like I used to preach this sermon where like I would drop a rock on the ground and I would be like, guys, don't be like this rock. When it hits the ground, it stays there. (laughs) But then I would take a bouncy ball and I'd be like, look, this bouncy ball, it doesn't stay on the ground. It bounces again, up again. And that's how it is when you have God in your life. Like, you know, every time you fall, you bounce back and then you have hope in the Lord. So <laughs> there you go. That is facts. Facts. Eat it up. Be a bouncy ball. Don't be a rock. Don't be a rock. <laughs> Jesus the is, the rock. is the rock. <laughs> exactly. He's the rock you bounce on. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's Obadiah. Um, for the best chapter, I said the only chapter. So that's the best one. I think the best one is the only one. It's, yeah. it's good. Yeah, I did only except I turned the L into a one. It was it was a really creative. One. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then uh, 
And then uh, the best verses, I put verse 11, 17, and 21. Because 11 is the one about just, like, the dangers of standing still and doing nothing. And then 17 and 21 are about hope and Zion and Israel and yay. So that's the good stuff. I like those ones. Yes. <laughs> um, the themes I put is, one, God hates betrayal in families. Don't betray your families. Don't do it. Uh, theme number two, God hates inaction. Be active. Do stuff for your families when they're in trouble or your friends. Just do something for them. Don't just stand there and do nothing. Do something. Love your people. Do it. <laughs> uh, three, God is king. He's not just He's not just a, a guy. He's a king. And that means we're princes and princesses of the king. So receive it. And number four, I have all nations and peoples have pride that makes us enemies of God. And it's just important to remember that that is something that we have to overcome. And then the last one I have is God rescues those who belong to him and empowers them to reign with him. And as we as we continue to grow with the Lord, he'll teach us what it looks like to walk in authority and to reign alongside him in the kingdom. And then uh, application, I just said, be active in helping your family. Be careful not to be prideful and be in awe of the king and be empowered by him to reign over broken people. There you go. Amen. That's I'm all about that. Obadiah. Be a part of a family, y'all. Yeah. Don't family. be prideful. Don't be prideful. Love your family. That's what Obadiah is all about. That's what they always say at Bible Project. They're like, and that's what the book is all about. We're, <laughs> we're stealing it today. <laughs> so, that's what the book is all about. That's what Obadiah is all about. And you know what else I'm all about, Dan? What? Weddings, because yours is coming soon. 13 days. It's really soon. How are you feeling? Super psyched. It's pretty psych-worthy. Yeah, it's it's only 329 hours away. Yeah, it's like a, like a small amount of hours. It's it's less than 100. Or it's, well, actually, it's more than 100, but it's, it's less than 400. Yeah. So there you go. It's coming soon. It's like really, really soon. How, are you excited? I'm so psyched. I've never been married before, and I'll never be married after, like, yeah. you know, to anyone else. That's true. This is this is, this is is it. This, this is, is it. This is the one. This is the wedding of your life. Yeah. Well, the wedding where you will be on the groom side, you know, but there is also many other weddings that you go to in your life because you DJ weddings. I do. And if any of you out there need a DJ for your wedding, I know a guy named Dan. 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 What's your number? 262. 262. 271. 261-271-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-261-
even though we talk about him every time. But, but this time, it's specifically about him. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, really about the level. Yeah, and Mark Jesus. is one of my favorite books because we let our pun Mark Bible study. <laughs> but we'll talk about that more later. Um, and then we also have our donut episode on Wednesday, the Holy Donuts, where we will eat or maybe unholy because we don't know which ones taste better. Holy <laughs> ones or unholy donuts. What donuts are the best donuts? I'm going to like post on Facebook today. I'm going to be like, where are the best donuts in town? I'm going to ask everybody their suggestions, their recommendations. Ooh, I'm excited. I, I think I'm probably going to spend like 100 bucks on donuts and just bring as many donuts as <laughs> I can find. And we're just going to eat them and tell you if they're better at with holes or without holes so i'm excited get excited this is this is the wheel finale of the season and yes. then our final final episode of the season then will be like one last little episode with me and dan just kind of sharing our um our last thoughts like on just how the season's gone how what's new in our lives and just closing the book on on season four of fiery friends so those are the four episodes left and then 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 we're then we're on off season and who knows what comes after that but we know that it'll be good so dan you got anything else to say to the people as always love the lord your god with all your heart yes and all your mind and all your soul yes sir love him and until next time keep the fire burning burning.